And now on WRS, Michael McKay with the McKay Interview. Hello, everyone. It's always a pleasure to bring new ventures to the attention of the wider McKay Interview audience and an even greater pleasure to have as my guest the familiar voice of someone who's been on the show before. The new venture, at least relatively new, is the bringing together of science and diplomacy in a powerful and influential combined partnership here in Geneva to serve, to take advantage of the rich talent base of international Geneva and of Switzerland, and to project it more pointedly into the wider world for the benefit of humankind. My guest today is Michael Muller, known to many of you listening as the Director General of the United Nations Office at Geneva up until a year or so ago. Well, you cannot keep a good and energetic man down, and he's re-emerged as one of the principal leaders of this new organization that I mentioned, which is called the Geneva Science and Diplomacy Anticipator Foundation. Quite a mouthful to say, and so for short, they call themselves JESDA. We're going to hear from Michael Muller himself why this organization has been formed and what it is doing that will make a difference. Hello, Michael. Welcome back to the McKay interview. It's always good to see you, and thanks for making time for me and our listeners. Thank you for inviting me again, Michael. It's good to see you. In fact, due to the continuing public health regulations, our meetings and movements are limited, so we're conducting this interview via Zoom. It's become, regrettably, but necessarily, the new reality. Let's hope that 2021 ends better than it started. Michael, you and I had a brief chat about your new activity before Christmas, and since then I've been reading about it. I must confess that my curiosity has been even more stimulated. I'm not only interested to learn more from you, but also keen for you to share your knowledge and insights with our listeners. Now, here's my first question. Science and diplomacy. There's obviously a gap in the market, or else the governments of Geneva and the Swiss Confederation would not be putting public money into Jesda. My first question is an obvious one. There are already about 700 to 800 NGOs in Geneva. Why another one? Why this particular marriage? I mean, science and diplomacy. Yeah. Well, that's a central question, isn't it? Uh, certainly one of them. Let me just first say that uh, I'm not sure that we can be characterized as an NGO. Uh, we're a foundation that was created by the government of, uh, of Switzerland together with the government of Geneva and the city of Geneva. Um, but actually, it doesn't really matter because we are now in a situation where these kinds of um, uh, distinctions make less and less sense. We all have to work together um, in, and, and, and pool our resources to get to the solutions that we need to counter the big threats that the world is facing right now. So the why is, is quite clear. You know, humanity is facing uh, global challenges, to put it mildly, as very existential challenges, um, and putting the people on the planet under enormous stress. And at the same time, we're experiencing um, a breakthrough science and technological discovery at a breakneck speed right now um, that um, will require increased speed of adaptation by all of us. Um, and that requires that we get a grip on these technologies to make sure that we are in charge of how we shape our future and not the other way around. And in order to do that, it's quite clear, it was quite clear to us and those who participated in creating this um, uh, on a sort of a larger scale, if you want, that uh, uh, we can no longer afford to uh, um, not include science into our conversations, into our policy setting, into the decisions that we take uh, both globally, regionally, nationally, locally, um, on how to move forward in dealing with these big challenges that we're faced with every day. 
And Jezda uh, was um, is is a child of that uh, insight, if you want, um, where our job is to go out and scan um, and anticipate what science is going to bring us in terms of new technologies over the next 5, 10, 25 years, um, bring those scientists who are working on these things together with the uh, potential end users, which are what we call in a broad sense diplomat or diplomacy, but these are the people who work uh, in the field um, to uh, improve the lives of people who need it the most. Um, so putting these groups together, these are, com these are communities that don't normally speak much to each other. They have a different kind of language. Uh, they don't know much about each other's uh, insights and entry points. And um, it was imperative to find ways, innovative ways of putting these together to have conversations, to sit and agree uh, collectively on which of these sciences and, and, and technologies would be the most adaptable um, to, uh, to translate into tools that would help those who are out there helping people and those most in need to have a better life. So we're going to talk a little bit more about what you actually do uh, later in our conversation. But for the next question really is, what are the goals you've set yourself? What has your organization set its sights on to achieve? Just as new, didn't exist before. So I'm, I imagine someone or a number of like-minded people, as you said, saw a need uh, that by satisfying it would benefit Geneva and Switzerland and the wider world. Please give me a little bit more information about the vision that created the idea and that you've now turned into a reality. And then we'll talk about the reality afterwards. Right. So um, the, the sort of three... Um, actions, if you want, that are at the core of what we do is, as I said before, um, uh, the, the anticipation. We are scanning uh, and putting together, we're scanning what's happening in the laboratories around the world to see what's uh, cooking in those labs. Uh, we are bringing together the various sets of actors uh, to identify and map uh, these trends uh, still under development. Um, so that's the anticipatory aspect, which is really central to what we're doing. The word anticipation in our title is 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 the the heart of, uh, of, of our identity. So would you say then that you're a research body at that stage? You're really basically an investigator looking at all the different options of what's well, going on? Yes, that's part of it. I mean, a, a, a big part of our, of our uh, in, in sort of um, the people who are helping us are, are scientists uh, yeah. who, who have been working. And we'll get back to that in a moment. Yeah. Right now we have about 65 uh, or more scientists from around the world who are looking um, uh, and have been asked and, uh, to look at uh, what is likely to happen in the different fields that we have identified that we want mm. to also get to that. Um, and then come up with some, some, uh, some, some scientific papers uh, that uh, we can start working on. The second is to, uh, to, uh, to accelerate the bringing to market or the bringing to people of these things. And that is done by putting together um, those end potential end users and those who have a clear um, uh, knowledge and, 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 and uh, insight in what the challenges are, what are going to be the needs of our, uh, of our world, um, and, um, and how we align uh, the needs of the future uh, with the science of the future in a way that makes sense, that is the most impactful. And, um, and the third aspect of that is the translation. How do we translate all this into action? How do we actually bring all of these conversations to operationalized uh, solutions that can be used in the field. And we can talk about these solutions in a moment as well. They can be made in very different ways from being tools, from new organizations, from new policies, um, et cetera. Now, it's very important um, that, that to what I'm mentioning now, which is 
that all of these activities are based um, on three fundamental overarching questions. Um, and that is, they're quite simple questions in their, uh, as I say them, but in fact, they're very, they're very fundamental. So the first one is, who are we? What does it mean to be human um, in the era of robots, of gene editing, of augmented reality? I think that's a very central question because uh, it speaks to um, the kinds of science that we're looking at. It speaks to the ethics of the solutions, um, the ethical aspects of the solution and the human rights aspects of, to, of the solutions um, and, um, and is an important central element of, of how we filter, if you want, um, uh, the kinds of decisions that we're going to be taking. So when you say we, you mean mankind, we're talking about mankind? No, we're talking about uh, Jezda and how we are going to, these are the filters, the three I'm giving oh, you, okay. through which we are looking at our activities. And right. Looking at our activities. So who are we? The second is, how are we going to live together? Which deployment of technology can help reduce inequality and foster inclusive development and well-being? And the, and the third one is, how can we ensure humankind's well-being with the sustainable health of our planet? How can we supply the world population with the necessary food and energy and regenerate our planet? And here clearly we means all of us, but I mean, our, our, our ambition is to come up with solutions that will actually help us all to get to, to these, uh, these positions. Now, in order to do that, we have, uh, we have chosen as a, as a starting point um, four issues um, that we are now working on and within which we're working, four platforms, if you want. The first one is quantum revolution and advanced artificial intelligence. The second one is human augmentation. The third one is eco-regeneration and geoengineering. And the fourth one is science and diplomacy. And we have now uh, have been working on these and our scientists have been working on this. We recently, just before Christmas, also had our first um, meeting between the scientists and the potential end users and all the, the, the people in the diplomacy forum um, at a fairly high level, uh, at a, quite a high level actually, um, uh, with, a, with a terrific conversation um, between these two communities that, as I said before, never really meet, but uh, where there was an incredible energy on both sides to actually do that and come up with some solutions and come some suggestions, which are now going to be going to the board uh, of JESDA at the end of this month. And they will then decide on, uh, on, on, uh, on which of the many topics, we can't do everything. We're a small organization, quite small actually for the time being, um, but uh, we catalyze action amongst our, our, our scientists. And so the board will decide on, on, on two or three uh, different topics on which we're going to be working on. Over Before the we go too far, Michael, for the benefit of those listening and for myself who are not scientists or not mathematicians, just say those four priorities again, please, just so that we hear them at least twice from you before we go into the details. Sorry, yeah. but I'm not, I'm not in the, an expert in that field. Quantum, quantum, quantum revolution. And quantum revolution. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of work being done on quantum issues of all sorts, and yeah. uh, which are uh, with an artificial, advanced artificial intelligence. These are these are technologies and science that are being worked on at breakneck speed right now. That will yeah. be that will make a fundamental and very deep change in our lives, all of us. Um, if we think that the the way that science has leapfrogged into our lives through this pandemic mm. um, over the, the 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 past year, which indeed it has and the way we work, the way we use and the technology in our lives uh, to a much greater extent than before, this is zero compared to what we're going to be seeing over the next years in terms of, of, of the very fundamental change in how we live, how we work, how we, uh, how we deal with problems, um, uh, also the big existential ones. 
So this is a really very central issue that we need to deal with. The second one is human augmentation. Human we, augmentation? Yeah. This and is linked to artificial intelligence? No, it, this is, um, you know, uh, um, uh, such things as gene editing. It's yep. uh, uh, assisted memory or improved memory. It's uh, putting machine and human together. Um, yep. It's chimeras. It's, uh, you know, some of it is fairly hair-raising stuff, actually, uh, for people like you and me who are not yep. scientists. But uh, the fact <laughs> is that it's happening, and, uh, and, and, and we need to get a grip. And we need to understand what's happening and we need to have uh, uh, better governance and we need to make sure that the ethical aspects are taken care of, that the human rights aspects are taken care of. And more importantly, or just as importantly, we need to have equity. We need to make sure that everybody uh, uh, benefits from this. Um, the, 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 uh, the cardinal principle of the sustainable development goals is leave no one behind. And we have adopted that as our cardinal principle. So uh, this is not just for uh, people in the north, it's for people all over the planet, and particularly those who need it the most. I don't mean this as a diversion, but if those are your sort of four main priorities, just give me and the listeners some sense of what you discarded, because there must have been a lot of competition to be in that list of priorities for you. What Let other things are on the table? Let me just give you the next two. The, the other one is eco-regeneration and geoengineering, which yeah. kind of speaks for itself, which is uh, how do we deal with the, clim the climate and, uh, uh, and, and the, uh, the environmental changes that we're facing. And the fourth one is science and diplomacy. How do we use technology to make peace? How do we use technology to mediate um, between warring factions? How do we use technology in democracy and in, 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 uh, in, uh, in, in how we govern ourselves and how we help everybody to, to, to get to a better government model? So... Um, well, I mean, you know, this, these were just not plucked out of thin air. These were the project, the, 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 the result of, of some very deep conversations amongst and amongst the, the, the end users. And these are not the only ones. These are the beginning. These are the first four issues that we're going to be dealing with because they were considered to be some of the most um, uh, burning problems or, and, or even burning solutions, if you want, for some of the problems that we, we are faced with. Um, and um, so it's not that things were discarded. It's just that we are charged. We are, we are starting with this. Um, our board decided on these four um, uh, at our advice, and um, uh, and at the advice pre 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 predominantly from our scientists, uh, some of which are really uh, world class and and top top folks around the world. Um, and uh, so this is what we're going to be working on over the next couple of years, and then. We will see. Now, what is happening, of course, is um, uh, we looked at about 12 different issues within these four platforms, and I can mention some of them if you want. Please. Yes, please. Um, so, um, I'll, I'll mention a few within each of, of, of these four platforms um, where uh, we asked our scientists to look at it. How do we... Um, uh, how do we look at what's happening in the transition from sort of a context-driven and higher-order reasoning, AI, to uh, general artificial intelligence, which is a much broader uh, adaptation. And then um, how are we looking at a large-scale quantum network for secure quantum computations, um, uh, which is a, a very deep fundamental change of how we use um, computers, if you wanted to put it in simple words and what they can do for us in terms of, uh, of, of, uh, of, uh, of, of managing our lives and managing all our activities. Um, 
In human augmentation, one of the issues is cognitive engineering and memory enhancement. And how, what does that mean? And how is that going to be uh, managed and, uh, and governed? Um, is a second question. One of the, let me just make a parenthesis here. One of the interesting uh, things that came out of our conversation between these two communities uh, on, on the 18th of December uh, as a general, um, a general themes, but very strong uh, came through in every conversation that we had was the issue of ethics, the issue of governance, and the issue of equity, to making sure that no one is left behind. And so this will in, imbue everything that we do and will kind of be a part of a, the red thread. Um, uh, another one in, uh, in the human organization is genomic medicine, chimeras, and human genetic resource management. Uh, we have seen uh, already over the past couple of years um, uh, the specter of, uh, of what it means to, to start fiddling with the, with the genomes. Um, and, you know, remember we had this, uh, for example, this Chinese doctor who, uh, who, who changed uh, the, the genomic makeup of, uh, of a couple of twins. Mm. Um, and this needs to be governed. This needs to be, we need to be very clear in our minds that we don't sort of invent Frankensteins, that we don't invent stuff that's going to be running away from us. Uh, because some of these uh, issues, for example, are inherited. And so you change somebody's um, DNA or uh, uh, and some, and their kids may inherit it and there may be mutations. Mm. All of this stuff has to be, to, to be governed. Uh, in the eco-regeneration uh, and geoengineering, we're looking at the decarbonization of industry and, and ne negative emissions technologies. Um, we need to, um, to, to, to do something about our CO2 uh, plat uh, footprint of everybody. We're looking at eco-regeneration, both in space and in, si and, and in oceans, uh, resources, synthetic life. Um, and on platform four on science and diplomacy, we're looking at um, how globalization is evolving, uh, what future of work is going to look like, um, how we're going to ensure uh, through technology, uh, inclusive development. Um, and um, we are looking at the future of governance and multilateralism. We're looking at what we call social augmentation. Um, <clears throat> if, you know, the conversions of digital and, and neurosciences will have a very strong impact on future societies and the position of human beings. And we have to decide on what kind of choices we make um, and how these technologies um, can augment social interaction um, and, and help us work towards citizen empowerment. Okay. So there's all sorts of um, social, social, technical, cultural um, uh, innovations that can come out of these technologies that we need to be looked at. And then we look at values, behavior, and futures literacy, how we can help people actually have access to these technologies. They need to be taught. I mean, this is not something that you get born with. Um, and right now, there's a, there's, a, there's a big imbalance between those who have access and understand the technologies and those who don't. We need uh, to, to help with that as well. So these are some of the issues that we are, we are going to be looking at and that our scientists have worked on and that have now presented a number of papers on it. Um, these were part of the discussions on the 18th, and we're now going to present all of this to the board that will dis decide on how we move forward. Okay, thank you, Michael. We're, we're going to go into that in a bit more detail. Um, the second half of our show. But my guest today is Michael Muller, Chairman of the Diplomacy Forum of the Geneva Science and Diplomacy Anticipator Foundation, Jezda. And until recently, as many of you listening will know, he led the United Nations office at Geneva. Tell me, Michael, what I'm still not clear about is 
how, and, and you're probably the, the ideal person to ask this question, how you take a lot of these ideas and notions having done research at the highest level and then translate that into action to get governments to do things because only by getting governments to do things can you actually bring about anything useful. I mean, you've been in the hot seat there for four or five years in the multilateral forum. You know, explain to us in simple language how you get from the idea to the next thing, which is the doing of. Yeah, and that's obviously central to what we're trying to do. There's no point in having an outfit that uh, just sits and talk. We've got plenty of talk shops around the world. We don't need yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we've come up with a, 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 a different kind of uh, process that we call the situation room, which is a kind of a funnel through which we, 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 we accompany all the different actors, not just the science and the, and the diplomacy actors, but also social scientists, um, the youth, youth actors, civil society, uh, citizens, um, artists, everybody, the, the, the broadest possible um, uh, conversations that we can create without you know, stopping ourselves in order to ensure that the solutions that come out at the end of that funnel have the greatest amount of acceptance and that we have created the trust that is needed in those uh, technologies or, or in those solutions um, for them to be uh, impactful. And, and, uh, and so there's a whole process that we accompany that uh, through with the scientists, with our colleagues in, um, in the future users, uh, potential users, end users of this, who sit down and uh, and uh, and talk. So we help. Um, sometimes I, I I talk of ourselves as a kind of a dating agency where we put uh, people together mm. who didn't know each other before. But also a translation agency where we help translate the different languages and the different perceptions into a, 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 an agreed and collective decision on how we move forward. Um, um, we are also doing, and we'll come back to the structure in a moment uh, of how this works, but. Once we get to the point where there are solutions, we are also going to be investing in them so that we help these scientists bring um, the, the stuff that they've come up with and that we have all agreed is the most appropriate to turn into tools to market as quickly as possible. And governments are part of that conversation. They will be in that room as well. It's clearly governments are incredibly interested in what we're doing because at the end of the day, um, it's their citizens who are going to be the beneficiaries of what we're doing. Hmm. Um, and um, so we are, we are, we, we, I've been briefing governments uh, over the past several months um, and um, they are very, uh, they're so interested in fact that many of them ask us, can we have a JESDA back home? And so we are now thinking of how we can create kind of a JESDA in a box, if you want, that we can uh, franchise out to governments so they can do the same there and put their scientists and their policymakers in a, in, in, in a more local context. So for you as the, being the person in charge of the diplomacy forum, you're more than just a master convener. You're also basically running both ways with trying to get people to understand the complexity, but with your knowledge of how things are translated into policy and action, showing people the way forward so that they don't get held up unnecessarily by hurdles, which you can anticipate. Yes, that's part of it. The outreach uh, part of our work is uh, is under my forum, the diplomacy forum, um, and I, I I initiate the conversations. I bring people together. I mean, I not me, me and my colleagues, and we all we all together in this at the same time, um, and uh, very much a team uh, that is composed of both sides of the aisle, if you want, the scientific and academic side and the diplomacy side. But the the, the forum is is the one that um, uh, the diplomacy forum is the one that. Uh, uh, that does the, 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 the outreach and brings people together. 
I see. Now, you've got uh, a, a cast of highly impressive stars from all disciplines and experiences. Peter Brabeck, just to name a few, Patrick Ebersher, Samantha Bessel, Micheline Kalmi Ray, Matthias Egger, Jeremy Farrow, Fabiola Gianotti, Mamoghete Farkang, and many others. For those of us not close to such distinguished thinkers and doers, how do you utilize such blue chip, blue chip talent and human resources to make a measurable difference? In other words, what do they do and what do you expect of them? Well, you've just uh, enumerated the, the members of our board. Um, and of course, first of all, they are our board members and therefore they are the, the ultimate uh, decision makers of how we're going to move forward, etc. And as you, uh, well, people will have, may have noticed this, it's a very diverse board from different, uh, uh, different paths in life, from different regions. Uh, gender uh, is also taken care of. We're very clear that we need to be as inclusive um, and um, as possible in, in not just in our board, but uh, also in all the other uh, people that we have, could, we have asked to come and help us. And there are quite a few. I'll come to that in a second, <coughs> because we have a whole group of people, both on the science side and on the diploma side, that are equally um, uh, extraordinary um, individuals uh, in their own right and who have all agreed uh, to come together. And then let me just take stop here, because... This is one of the elements that, uh, that I'm particularly pleased about. Um, as we set out to create this uh, over the past year and we approached people, uh, we started with scientists um, and, uh, and then the diplomacy actors, um, very few said no. I mean, they immediately caught the importance and the benefits of what we were doing and said yes. And they're all incredibly busy people. I can imagine. Um, who have um, you know, pretty heavy day jobs, um, and um, uh, and they practically all of them said uh, said yes, and they have participated with extraordinary enthusiasm, and uh, and have all seen the necessity for the two groups to sit down and talk together mm. to include um, science into the policy making and into the diplomacy making, and this is of course also very central to the policy of the Switzerland, and so you know there's a lot of of uh, synergies that are happening here. Um, the, the current government has made has 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 uh, focused very clearly on um, on science and diplomacy as one of their of their of their policies, and frankly, the fact that Jesda has been um, located in Geneva is not an accident. Mm. This is the operational hub of the international system. This town, this international Geneva, and the amount of actors who are here who will be part of the discussions and the search for solutions. Um, the ecosystem is absolutely tailor-made for, 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 for an initiative like JESTA. So this is why we're here and, um, and uh, working very closely also with other um, outfits that have been created recently to look at the technological and the digital uh, influence in, of our lives. <coughs> so um, the board, to come back to your question, um, they're part of um, uh, the, the advisory body. I mean, they, we really have to make sure that the path we take and the decision that we take are are are, uh, are are the right ones, and for that we we do need to have um, the kind of uh, very high level um, and experienced um, advisory uh, board that uh, not advisory board but uh, the, the the management board of the, of our of our initiative. But we have also brought in and uh, and, and invited a whole series of other people. Uh, so we have on the one side, as I mentioned before, sixty five or more scientists of very high level. And on the other side, we have created what we call the Diplomacy Forum, which is made up of about 17 or 18 people uh, now for the time being, and a, a mixture 
of heads of international agencies, of former politicians, uh, the former prime ministers, of uh, uh, science advisors to governments, mm. um, of, uh, um, as I said, social, uh, social scientists. Um, and uh, these two groups are now sort of merging into a conversation that, was, that became very, very rich and is helping us to sort of see clearly uh, the, the direction in which we have to go. Sorry to ask you a mundane question like grubby money, Michael, but who pays? Setting up an organization such as this, especially in an expensive city like Geneva, is not cheap, and you know that better than most people. How do you measure the return on investment? Well, first of all, who pays? Um, the government <coughs> of uh, Switzerland, the federal government, and uh, together with uh, the government of Geneva and the city of Geneva, together gave us the seed money um, uh, to start. And uh, we have, in the meantime, gone out and multiplied that seed money through private donations. Mm. We decided uh, early on that for the time being, at least, we are not going to take um, and accept money from governments other than the Swiss government as, a, as the founder, yeah. simply to give ourselves the space and the neutrality to, to move ahead and to establish it. But there is quite a lot of interested money in foundations and in private donations. Um, because everybody sees this as a very worthwhile and, um, and and not to put it and to put it in more modern terms a very cool initiative. Mm. No, um, it sounds that fascinating. Is, uh, that is worth investing in. So, how do we measure su success? Well, <clears throat> you know, um, the success will be measured uh, at the end of uh, the process when we have solutions and we see how they are applied on the field. But in the meantime. Um, I think that um, the success is measured in the level of acceptability in society for our, for, our, um, for our initiative. I think one measure of success will be next year when we have to go back to the parliament and, 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 and provide them with uh, information on how we have actually uh, done uh, in, with our startup phase. And they will then take a decision together with the government on, on A, whether we continue, or, and in, if so, uh, in what form whether we continue as a foundation or a different kind of organization, et cetera. But the fact is that as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm fairly confident um, that we have achieved already um, uh, so much in very short period of time um, that, um, that uh, I, there's no doubt about um, um, the fact that this is something that everybody understands is a need that we need to uh, elaborate and to strengthen. Michael, you uh, partly answered my last question, but let me put it to you anyway. Uh, if, if we were to have a similar conversation this time in 2022, it's not long really, in a long-term project like the one you're engaged with, where would you expect to be allowing for the fact that events are uncertain? We've certainly seen that with this pandemic of which we're in the middle. And I know that you don't have the powers of a, of a clairvoyant, um, but where would you expect to be this time next year? Well, this time yes, next year, we will also already be well into the sort of operational phase of, uh, of, our, of, our, of our move towards solutions, and we'll have something tangible to be able to, to prove. Sometime in the summer next year, we are going to have a summit in which we publicly will present uh, the work of the foundation. Um, so that's one aspect. The other aspect is that we will be very close to having the conversation with our founders on where we're going and where we are, um, where, how we are going to get there. Um, I think there's one aspect we haven't talked about because, and it's a kind of a, a parallel objective of JESDA. Um, uh, and let me just step back in a, a, a moment to, to re remind ourselves that science, in many ways, is this, the, the community that, uh, in the most extraordinary way, has been able to continue cooperating across geographical divides, across political divides, 
in ways that most other communities haven't been. And, mm. and if there's one, uh, you know, uh, example of that is the extraordinary speed with which we have arrived at uh, vaccines for yeah. the pandemic yeah. we are in today. We have to draw on that and learn from that. And that is also part of what we, uh, what our ambition is. And to, um, in putting together that group of people who have, have, have a very deep tradition of collaboration and working together with um, the diplomacy world and the world of, of the ecosystem in Geneva, which also is working um, in many ways in a, in a collaborative way, we will hopefully um, beginning to see the outlines of a proof of concept of a new kind of multilateralism, a new kind of working together, a new way of working in a much more integrated, networked, collaborative, de-siloed uh, manner um, that can be scaled up to other governance uh, structures, hopefully, um, around the world. And um, if we can do that, and by also proving that we have been effective and impactful, and thereby uh, acquired the trust or reacquired the trust mm -hmm. and helped acquire the, reacquire the trust in science amongst uh, many of our, 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 our communities across the world, we would have done um, you know, two good deeds to humanity. That sounds very worthwhile, Michael. We're out of time, but thank you so much for this fascinating tour through your new professional activity. On behalf of everyone listening, I wish you every success in this new decade ahead of us. My guest today has been Michael Muller the, of the Geneva Science and Diplomacy Anticipator Foundation, known in short as JESDA, where he is chairman of its Diplomacy Forum. Michael, thanks so much. That was The McKay Interview with Michael McKay. And don't forget, you can hear that interview again on our website, worldradio.ch.